0: The views expressed on this show by guests and the host on issues outside of the 9/11 controlled demolition evidence are the opinions of those individuals alone and do not necessarily reflect those of Architects and
1: Engineers 9/11 Truth. Welcome to 9-11 Free Fall. I'm the host, Andy Steele. Today we're joined by Dr. Peter Janney. He is a writer, psychologist, and lecturer. He's the author of Mary's Mosaic, the CIA Conspiracy to Murder John F. Kennedy, Mary Pinchot Meyer, and Their Vision for World Peace. He is also the latest signatory to AE 9-11 Truth's petition calling for a new investigation into the destruction of all three World Trade Center towers on September 11th. We're going to be focusing on that today, uh, but sir, welcome to 9/11 Freefall.
0: Thank you, Andy. It's very, very good to you that you've invited me, and uh, I hope I have something significant to contribute here. I, I think I do, but we shall see. Well, I think everyone's got something significant to contribute, whether they write
1: books. Whether they're going out giving lectures, finding new evidence, or if they're just out there talking to others about the evidence that they see. We all play a role in this important movement, and certainly when people uh, who have made a name for themselves in other fields, other fields of research, come and speak out and lend their name to that call for a new investigation, it always helps out. Uh, I want to begin with this question. Your father was a high-level CIA official. He began working there pretty much around the same time the agency was created uh, as well. And this is what Wikipedia says. It says, Your family socialized with a lot of Washington, D.C.'s social and political elite, end quote. I want to know how, if at all, that background, how has that influenced your interest in the topics you've researched and the avenues that you've gone down in that research?
0: Well... I I guess the simplest way for me to say it is I do think of myself as a truth seeker. Um, And, you know, I think any psychologist worth his or her salt uh, is always interested in the truth. Because without the truth, one, as an individual or a family or a country, cannot evolve, cannot go forward, cannot heal if you don't have the truth you're destined to in some way stay stuck in the past and recreating whatever error or mistruth uh that you continue to do which you know can be create a lot of despair uh so let me let me go at it this way you know i i think one thing you don't know about me is that I was part of the Red Cross psychology trauma team on 9-11 uh, that showed up at Boston Logan Airport because two of the flights that day, as you know, that were involved, uh, took off from Boston. So, uh I took it upon myself to go down to the airport and to go, I, I, I think it's the Hilton hotel that's adjacent right on the airport grounds. But anyway, I showed up there uh, knowing that at some point that day, uh, relatives were going to show up wanting to know whether their loved ones uh, had been on one uh, of the planes. So our first task was to <laughs> persuade the FBI, uh, who of course was already there and setting up, to uh, to really actually pressure the FBI to release the l- release the list of passengers of people who are on that plane, so that the people showing up could begin to discern the truth as to mem- their loved ones and members of their own family, and you know we had a number of discussions with the higher up FBI people as to why this was so important at that point, you know, there was some ambivalence on their part. Uh, I I can't remember what, you know, what excuse they were giving, but however, you know, as people became to come in uh, I think we were good at making our point. And so we worked with the FBI, uh, to release the passenger list and at that point we were able to gather around those people who had lost uh, loved ones uh, on either of those flights. It, it was a very harrowing day. I, I remember it very vividly. Um, and I also remember, you know, just the moment of my decision after saying, you know, oh my God, what can I do as a citizen? And I, you know, the thought that pumped into my mind is, hell, I'll just drive down to the airport and see if, if I can be of help, uh, which I believe to one degree or another I was. So my introduction to a greater reality of the impact of 9-11 took place in that frame Um it was a time where I, I think my wife was uh, off at Chicago packing up her mother's house. They of course could not get on a plane to come home. They had to you know rent a vehicle to drive back from Chicago. I mean, as you well know, uh, the entire world for a while and certainly uh, our country was turned upside down on on this event and <clears throat> as The days and weeks progress, of course, we got to see the photos. We got to see the video of the buildings coming down, the Twin Towers, and then, of course, this anomaly of Building 7. I watched, like everyone else did, very keenly. I, I was feeling suspicious about certain things. Um, And the reason was that, you know, having spent many, many years studying the Kennedy assassination, um, the word conspiracy and cover-up had taken a whole new meaning. Um, I knew from my really deep study in terms of what I'd done that our government had been lying to us about the Kennedy assassination in terms of what really happened. And here we are 58 years later, still not allowed to see certain very important documents, particularly from the central intelligence agency, which I am convinced are going to be extremely embarrassing to them. Should they ever be re- released? Now this brings me now to my curiosity and, you know, not cursory study, but some detailed study of what actually took place on 9-11. I'm not a scientist, uh, but I became increasingly aware of this call of there being a number of registered architects and licensed structural engineers Uh, who were questioning the veracity of the official position. And I think, you correct me if I'm wrong, I think what we're up to over 3,000 structural engineers and registered architects today who are calling for a a new commission, a new review to take place. Exactly. So the fascinating dimension to me here is that there really is, such a parallel between what took place with the JFK assassination and what took place around 9 11. The cover up in both of these events is astounding. It, it, it's just utterly un- enormous from my point of view. Um, you, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's like. The World Trade Commission, the, the 9/11 Commission Report is the new Warren Report. You know, I mean, it, it, it couldn't be simpler. That the magic bullet theory, you know, that emerged from the Warren Commission Report is, is now, you know, encased around the jets crashes and the resulting fires brought down the twin tire Tires, but there wasn't any crash for, for Building Seven. Uh, you know, there was these fires, but there's no fire up before 9-11 that were ever hot enough to collapse a steel-structured building. So I, you know, was a big fan of David Ray Griffin. I read at least two of his books, a number of other things. And, you know, here here we are today looking at our country and and the institutions of our country basically collapsing, uh, and we are on the verge, in my opinion, of entering a whole new phase of what can only be called fascism uh, come next year when the midterm elections take place. I I think it's inevitable, at least today, that Democrats are not going to be kept in power. Um, And we have only ourselves to blame. In my, in, in my estimation, because when you have a government that is not willing, particularly a democratically elected government, not willing to share with its citizens, with its constituents, the truth of what has taken place with events such as JFK's demise and, and 9-11, you have an erosion of credibility, and that credibility has, in fact, been eroding. And so here we find ourselves today really on the precipice of losing our most cherished concept of what our country is about, and that is what really, really concerns me here. I don't think at this juncture we're ever going to know the truth of what really took place around nine eleven I mean there's clear to me uh that there was all kinds of conspiracy here that took place. These buildings did not fall down because two airliners hit the twin towers uh, the you know anyone can look at the video and see like many. Engineers and architects have told us this is controlled demolition. It has all the signature of that uh, and then you you know you have things like molten steel at the base, molten iron that that it, the presence of which is a dead given way. The only way that could have happened is with explosives that were thermite controlled thermite made up that have thermitic. Uh, dimensions to them that really was able to heat the steel of the building to such a degree that it became molten. Now, of course, the, the other part of this is anyone who dares to challenge either the Warren commission report or the nine 11 commission report uh, is looked at as a conspiracy theorist. The term of which I want to make very clear right now was invented by the CIA It's document number 1047. And, and, you know, it's easily available to anyone uh, who, who, who's curious about it. But, you know, it's, if you don't believe the Warren Commission report, you're a conspiracy theorist. If you don't believe the 9-11 Commission report, you're a 9-11 truther, uh, both of which are just career killing uh, if you want to be a credible journal- journalist, particularly you know in the Washington, D.C. area. So I come to you today, Andy, with... with you know, that kind of perspective, uh, I can't, you know, quote chapter and verse in terms of all the things that David Ray Griffin has already given us, which I think is just an incredible piece of research on his part, but the larger picture here of what is taking place uh, around this phenomenon, I think every American citizen should be deeply disturbed about.
1: Absolutely. I think a lot of us have been disturbed for a long time. Some of us have found ways around it, uh, because life does have to go on. You continue your work, but you've got to deal with the cognitive dissonance that we are embroiled in right now. And I do want to touch on that, because you are a psychologist, and I want to take advantage of your experience right now to get your insight On a couple of things. First, clearly the media and politicians are not only avoiding this issue, but they seemingly are actively trying to cover it up. And I can understand the psychology of wanting to stay away from controversy. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I understand it better. But in your view, what kind of mentality creates the type of person like you see on television who actually gleefully? lies about evidence, tries to execute smear jobs on groups or individuals who are sharing the evidence out there on the Internet, trying to uh, wake up the public. I mean, what has happened in our country to create these kinds of individuals that keep this kind of lie going?
0: Well, uh, it, it, it's a kind of desperate selfishness on the people who do this. You know, they are typically afraid of the truth, because of what the truth will mean and the ramifications of what it will mean in their specific lives. I mean, if you're a politician, you can't easily talk about the truth of events like this uh, w- without other people t- trying to come after you immediately and label you in a derogatory sense in one form or another where, you know, you have to start fighting. For what re- little remains of your reputation, so everyone's trying to cover their own ass, particularly in Washington D.C., where I grew up. Uh, I, I mean, I, I am very well versed of you know w- what that city is about, and the my formative years of the nineteen fifties and you know nineteen sixties there. Uh, I, I mean, it was if there was ever a time where the entire culture of our government got transformed, you know, it was because of what took place, particularly in the late 1960s. So, I I mean, the the culture there is, it's a snake pit. Uh, And if you're going to succeed as a political figure, uh, you know, you have to understand that you're going to have to play the game. And the game very rarely has anything to do with being truthful about certain situations. It's always with your eye looking to the future of, you know, what do I need to do to get reelected? What do I need to do to raise the kind of money that I'm going to need for my next campaign? You know, most of these people in in our government, elected officials in our government, uh, really give a shit uh, about, you know, the integrity of their country and what it means. Yes, there are a few, uh, and and I applaud them. Um, but, you see, this is the crisis of confidence that we find ourselves uh, in the midst of today. We are living in an era where the possibility uh, of truth has never been greater But yet the power structures that are in charge, mainly the national security establishment, uh, are doing everything in their midst uh, to keep us from getting to the truth.
1: I think I stated earlier, your focus has largely been on JFK. And even though I would say an overwhelming majority of people don't believe the official story surrounding it, they may not know every single detail regarding it, but they've heard enough to say that there's more to it than what they're letting out, Uh, we still haven't really gotten justice in that case, official justice. Now, that was, what, 60 years ago almost? And now we're 20 years after 9-11... Uh, obviously, you found JFK important enough to keep pursuing after so many years. Explain wh- how does that reasoning apply to September 11th? Why is it important to keep on hammering this
0: even as decades pass? It, it's it's important for us to know who is controlling what. You know, there I I, I see all the elements of a major conspiracy around nine eleven, This event did not happen by accident. This event did not happen just because, you know, a group of individuals wanted to drive a couple of planes into the Twin Towers. This was a known quasi-planned event with certain powers waiting in the wings to begin a whole new era uh, in... Our country's history. Let, let's let's remember right now that the Cold War was over. Russia was no longer a problem. Okay, what what's going to be the new objective in terms of you, you know floating all the power structures moving forward and being able to maintain their power? Well, uh, it, it's going to be terrorism now that has to get set up in a certain way and made to look like something is happening, uh when in fact yes, something did happen, but not in the way that we're being told. So the propaganda around the war on terror becomes a sideshow. It it it's it's basically completely false and We do not know who the major players are here on the planet that are propelling this particular age of terrorism forward in such a way uh, that they can stay in control in the way that they want to stay in control. And we all more or less become their victims because our lives continually... uh, get shattered in one form or another because we don't have the truth. We can't go forward and evolve uh, as a country, as a people, without knowing the full truth of our history. I mean, we have yet to confront the reality that, you know, the United States of America was founded on slavery and the genocide of the American Indian. We don't want to touch that. It's too painful, quote-unquote. Actually, if we were able to understand and see that this is an intrinsic part of our history, that this form of violence has shaped our country into where we are today, we could begin to teach the truth Uh, And really have the possibility of making some substantial changes. Now, the best example of that that I know of is look at what Germany did after World War II with the Holocaust. They admitted it. They now teach the Holocaust in all grade levels of their school and help their citizens understand This terrible event that was perpetrated by an acting government in their country, you know, during the late 30s into the 40s. And they have been willing to embrace the truth in such a way that the possibility uh, of this kind of thing ever happening on the scale that it happened before becomes increasingly remote because their people are educated about it. We don't have... Our, our education system, from my point of view, is so fundamentally lacking in the real truth of our history. And until we correct that, uh, it, it, it's the blind leading the blind. I think what you're stating here, uh, just not even on
1: any specific incident that's happened in history, but just overall... It's always important to try to find the truth about something that happened in the past because what happens in the past and learning the truth about it can influence the future. Sometimes justice can take a 100 years. Hopefully that doesn't happen in our case. I heard a quote from uh, another source about another issue where somebody said that politics is the downstream of culture. Alright, So if we influence the culture, we introduce these concepts, this idea that your government could lie to you about an issue like that, it will slowly bleed through and eventually new politicians come in and we have hopefully a little bit more truth out there in our policies. Maybe we can avoid something like this from happening again. So we've got to keep on hammering it home. And I actually want to get your thoughts on what I just said, the importance of continuing to talk about these things, even if you don't get an acknowledgement from Congress right away. You don't get it on the front page of the New York Times. Why is it important that we're out there doing what we do?
0: Absolutely. And and this is specifically why things like empirical analysis, scientific analysis, are so critically important in this day and age. I, I mean... We we are living in an age now of so much disinformation. You, you know, of course, people are upset and dumbfounded. They don't know what to believe because you, you know they have never been taught critical thinking skills. Uh, they there there are very few high school curriculums now that have civics as part of their curriculum to understand how our government actually works, and so you You look at what 's taking place today on a cultural level, where you know particularly this segment of the white population is beginning is it, just so fundamentally threatened because there is the rise of multiplicity of you know, integrated segments of our population coming together. And we should be celebrating that, not be afraid of it. We should really, you know, be embracing a level of democratic process that gives everyone a sense of opportunity that, that creates a healthcare system that actually w- works and takes care of people. I mean, our healthcare system alone is, it, it's a travesty uh, and we should be embarrassed by what we have compared to other, you know, industrialized nations, you, you know, on, on this planet. Um, it's, You know, we're living at at a moment, Andrew, where we're watching things collapse, and when things like these kinds of institutional structures start to collapse, our government becomes more authoritarian, and we are watching that take place in in terms of the events today. There are a couple of bright spots that I see. I mean, finally, uh, we got around to exonerating the people that we thought, for instance, had killed Malcolm X in the late 1960s. Um, but, you know, the, the largely the greater part of their lives were spent in prison. I mean, it's good that we're willing to confront the mistakes that we made. But at what price uh, and how many more instances... Do we need to see of things like FBI corruption uh, that have put so many innocent people in incarceration and in a sense robbed them of the best part of their life in terms of years? This can't go on in the way that it's been going on without all of us paying a huge cost. And unfortunately, that is where we find ourselves today. It's not too late, uh, but it will require a greater number of people waking up and realizing and striving for demanding the truth about our real history. Dr. Peter Janney, thank you so much for coming on 9-11 Freefall. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I really
1: appreciate it. This program is on every Thursday night on No Lies Radio at 10 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific, and every other Sunday night on BBS Radio at 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific. You can also keep track of the archives by going to 911freeball.com. Zadie Steele, so have a great week. Good luck.